Thank you for joining us today on the journey towards self-mastery. Welcome to our monthly Mastermind University segment, the program designed to help the black mind think, develop, and grow. Let's start thinking. All right, we are here again for our annual Valentine's Day relationship chat with our relationship activist, Dr. Love. All right, Dr. Love has been on the program quite a few times. He's a fan favorite and... Um, a favorite wherever he goes. I've seen Dr. Love in action in the schools. I've seen him in action with adults. I've seen him in action all over the place, man. And he is on point every single time. Um, so if you are not familiar with Dr. Love, he's a love activist. Um, he's also an author. He has two books out right now. Uh, Hardcore Love, Getting the Relationship and Love That You Need. Um, and then Seven Side Chick Secrets that every woman should know, including wives. Um, and then he's working on a new book right now that we're going to talk about as well. Uh, so let's welcome today our relationship activist, Dr. Love, to the program. Dr. Love, how you doing today, man? Great, great. Doing great. Good evening, everyone. Glad to be here. Yes, sir, man. Pleasure is ours to have you on, man. Um, I like, you know, one of the things that I love about the work that you do, man, is always bringing it back to the self, man, because... Um, you know, I've heard quite a few people on relationships and sometimes they miss that key component, you know, so I appreciate you always bringing that to the table when you're speaking, man. Um, so thank, thank you for coming through, man. Absolutely. Thank you. So I want to start off Dr. Love today with just the <clears throat> basics, man, before we get into the heavy duty stuff, man. So I feel like a lot of us sometimes don't really, you know, you might be dating somebody and one person like, yo, we, we in a relationship, we deep, like, and the other person's like, nah, we ain't that serious. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> what, what in your view is a relationship and what is the purpose of it? What is supposed to, be, what is it supposed to be doing? Well, as you know, relationships go on in many, all shapes and forms. Um, a romantic relationship is just one of those. And the goal of relationships really is, to learn and to discover self, you know, learn more about yourself. You're like, you're, you know, to dig deeper into self, which is how we connect with others. So, you know, I'm uh, popular society likes to put out, you know, it's Valentine's day and we love Valentine's day and it's all about the others and pleasing others. And, you know, really we have to bring it back to self and then, and then we can build from there, you know, Gotcha. All right. So, uh, Dr. Love, you just talked about um, self-love, which I think is the most important component. You talk about us needing that before we get into something serious. But that's right. uh, A lot of the times, like I feel like we don't even know how to establish self-love. We don't even really know what self-love is. So can you paint that picture for for me of what exactly self-love is? What what am I what am I doing in order to incorporate self-love into my life? And then when I get into that relationship, how do I maintain it? Because I feel like when we get into that relationship, we want to please the other person and hear all the time, like, yo, I lost myself in that relationship. You know what I'm saying? So so break that down for me, man. 
Well, look, we have people on here married 19 years. You need to ask them. I mean, but seriously, before we get started, you know, relationship, I know there's many relationship talks that go on on, on the internet, TikTok, Instagram. There are many people who are relationship experts or, you know, and all due respect to them and respect to the experts we have on here. And that's the key. Together, we know everything. One person views it from a, you know, I have a perspective, I have a viewpoint, but my viewpoint is not any greater than anyone's on this channel or anywhere else. What we're doing is really just, you know, sharing ideas in exchange and helping each other grow. So when you say, you know, before you get into a relationship, the first thing that comes to my mind is this, who are you really? You know, we have the foundation of all of our lives and our activities, what we believe, our core values, our core beliefs, who we are as people. We don't spend any time uh, evaluating that, but we spend a lot of time getting into other people and learning about them and what they like and what they don't like and trying to please them. The danger in that is we can go years getting to know a person and living in service to people and then one day wake up and know or discover we don't know ourselves. And then that journey of self-discovery might take us away from our partner. And there, there is where we run into difficulty in relationships. So what we try to do, you know, it's not just, it's Dr. Love, it's D.W. Leonard and you know, what we call the new relationship Institute. We want to engage in conscious relationships where both people who are aware of self and their power and building themselves get to share with other individuals who are like-minded and that growth together is a strong relationship. If I am too into the other person, it's just about what they want. Oh, I live in service. I can't negate self and love someone else. Mm. I think that makes sense right there, man. Um, Another thing you mentioned, Dr. Love, is that relationship takes place in five stages. Um, So just for us to get a holistic understanding of where we are into, you know, where we're at in those stages, like, can you break the five stages of relationships according to how you have it? Well, I want them to read the book for the five stages, (laughs) but in terms of, in terms of the eight stages of personal development, you know, the first stage that we need to go in is honesty, complete and total honesty with ourselves. We need to be really honest about what we want, who we want it with. It's not anything to be ashamed of to want a partner to who has money. People say, oh, people are gold diggers and women are gold diggers and men want just want sex. That's not a crime. The crime is not being aware and making the other person aware of your true intentions. So the honesty is key. If you really want a a long-term relationship, make it known. If you don't want a long-term relationship, make it known. If you're still discovering yourself and not ready for anything more than a friendship, that should be made known. Because honesty and attraction and then revealing who you are, our desires will take us up to the point of commitment to someone. And that's where most relationships fail. Mm. Interesting. Um, so, Dr. Love, in your in your second book, um, you have a, 
a part in there. Uh, seven side chick secrets that everyone should know, including wives. Side chicks. Yeah. Shout out yeah. to all side chicks. Shout out to all wives, partners, spouses, whatever the terminology is now. Before we get into the side chick, let's get into the wives. The, and I just, the I just pissed a lot of people off on here. I know there's some angry typing gonna happen. We, we go, we gonna break it down though, Doctor Love. Um, but before we we get into the side chick, um, <laughs> the wife, right? The wife, your wifey, baby, yes, um, wifey. Uh, Valentine's Day is here. You know what I'm saying? That's right. It's a it's a big you know big thing for the ladies and for Most us definitely. sometimes it's like a lot of pressure. You know what I mean? And you had a, a a section in your in your book where you talked about you know when your lady got you something and y'all was together and yeah. you didn't really like what she got you and you thought that she should have yeah. what you like and stuff like that. But I feel like some people feel like yo, if you you need to tell me what you want, you know what I'm saying? Like I shouldn't have to figure out what it is that you like and you know what I mean what I got to get you and this and that and the third. Like you should be able to communicate, yo, this is what I want for my birthday. This is what I want for Valentine's Day. This was gonna make me happy. Let's go on a trip here. Let's do that. So is it up to the person um, themselves to communicate with their partner what they want, or is it up to the partner to kind of get the messages and the signals and understand their partner enough to know exactly this is what my lady likes, this is what you know my partner wants, and things like that? What's your view on that? Well, it's funny because I in the book I came down hard on not just women but men as well who claim they don't know what their partner wants. Look, you I've known people who have been together years, I've known people who have been together decades, five minutes. You know what a person likes. They tell you every single day and what they wear and what they choose and what they eat and what they do and what they're interested in. You know, they're putting it right out there for you. So for you to go and get them something outside of what they like, when you know what they like, it, 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 it's, it's not, it doesn't track with the feeling that you claim to exchange. If you know your man is into suits and ties, why would you go and buy them electronics? If you know your woman loves flowers, roses, and unexpected time, why would you go and buy her uh, a juice making machine? You know what your partner likes. And if you don't know, you need to do some investigation and find out for yourself. They shouldn't have to tell you. They shouldn't have to tell you that they like to be touched. They shouldn't have to tell you they like to be caressed. They shouldn't have to tell you if you get out of the shower and you're just wearing a towel, I'm going to chase you around the room. <laughs> we know these things about our partners. But if we turn a blind eye to it and get them what we want them to have, that speaks of control. That speaks of ownership. That speaks of a mindset in a relationship that is not really, you know, in a healthy place. Control has no place in relationship unless it's self-control. Mm. Got it. Got it. Got it. Man, I always thought they should tell, man. I'm, I'm glad you, you <laughs> took that up, right? <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad you cleared that up, man. If, she, if she's wearing designer shoes, designer handbags, Hello. Got it. All so right. That's all part of your, your second book, Seven Sides. Almost Secrets, definitely. Which always raises eyebrows. Um, so one, why why did you write that book? And then two, um, who are these side chicks that you're talking about? See, it's funny because I wrote that book not to side chicks, but to all women. Because, you know, when I was a younger person, I really had a lot of questions about relationships and the questions. And women were the ones who are more than happy to talk about it with you. 
And I learned so much by just closing my mouth and listening to women. And, you know, through my travels, I've learned side chick, girlfriend, wife, wifey, uh, you know, whatever you want to call it. They're all people. They're all, you know, women or men. Some men are side dudes. But no one is above anyone else. And the reason I say no one's above anyone else is because what does a wife get that is most cherished? Time. What does a girlfriend get that she most cherishes? Time with the person. What does a side chick get? Time. So we're all talking about the same thing. What makes the time that you spend with your wife more significant than the time you spend with a side chick? We only have a finite amount of time on this planet. So any moment that we spend with our family, with our children, with relatives, with strangers is important time. It's significant. Mm. So then where do we get off, you know, again, with the power thing? Oh, I'm such and such. I'm not that. I'm the wife, not the side chick. I'm the side chick, not the girlfriend. You know, everyone wants, you know, according to society, a leg up. But we're all doing the same thing relating to one another and it should be with some respect mm. all right what do you say to those that are like yo why like why are you bigging up side chicks that's not a positive thing that's not a good thing like they they wrecking homes and doing this and doing well, that. hold on brother i didn't create i didn't create side chicks i didn't go in my lab and build it this is a fact this has already been established you will always have uh you know in in a universe you will always have elements in the universe that are closer to the sun and further away doesn't make any of the planets less valuable in this universe because of their proximity to power or to heat or to whatever you deem as the light source in the universe. You know? So my thing is let's get the conversation out in the open because I've spoken to wives and they hate side chicks and I've spoken to side chicks and they're like, we don't hate wives. Side chicks want to be wives one day, but they hate how the man is being treated by the wife. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot, you know, it's a nuanced conversation. And some people don't want to have it because they're like, oh, just demonize one part of it. But we can't do that because everyone is significant. So some might say like, you know, this is, you know, like uh, because you're a man, you're viewing the side chick as somewhat somebody that is in a positive light, but like you just mentioned, women view it in a negative light. So, Most definitely. Um, some might say like, why not just have the man be honest and not even have a side chick? Maybe they can have, you know, a polygamous type of relationship and it doesn't even have to be that, you know, what's your take on um, that? Well, that's an excellent point, but I would, I would put forward that most relationships that are not the primary relation relationship weren't, they, the relationships weren't intentional. They were something that developed out of a desire that was not being met. Not meaning that the person that uh, the person was with wasn't meeting the, the desire that the person who was in the relationship didn't know that part of themselves because it hadn't yet been exposed. And this is why I talk about the danger of not knowing who you are personally and going into relationships. Cause if you go into relationships, trying to find yourself, you may find yourself with one person, but another person may unlock something else that's vital to your self development. 
And this is what some, not all, there are, you know, exceptions. Some side chicks, they unlock hidden abilities, talents, and confidence that men didn't even know they had. Some side chicks have saved marriages by their counsel, by their goodwill, by just being the ear to listen and telling you, well, why don't you share this with your partner? Mm -hmm. So it's, again, it's a complicated conversation. And the book came out of a, a desire to just get it out in the open. Because once we expose how we relate across the board, we can relate more effectively. Mm. All right. All right. Um, let's rewind that back a little bit. You know, some people okay. might say like, wait a minute, there's something that happened that went wrong even before, you know, for, for him or, or her to go out and get a side piece. So okay. if we rewind it to before, do you All think right. there are, you know, things in which happened before where you know this person is the right person for me? And um, things that happen where you're like, this person is not where you, you don't even mess with it after a certain amount of time. Or is it like after some people say like that are married, they're like, you know, I knew okay. this person was going to be the one for me. You know, the, married, the first conversation we had, the first date, whatever it is. Do you think that that is, you know, there's a certain time frame where these things are known and we just ignore them? Or does it happen over time? Brothers and sisters, I like to drop bombs. And one of the major bombs I will drop tonight is this. There are no relationships that happen that are mistakes. Every relationship that you get into teaches you something. It's on purpose. It's for a purpose. Maybe it's divine that you don't realize or you won't realize until years from now that that relationship happened and it was intentional. We live in an ordered universe where there are no accidents you know, my mother married to my father, God rest my father. And my father was a player and he liked to play. And, he, you know, he loved the attention of women and tall and handsome and stuff. And, you know, my parents' relationship broke up because of that. But my mother and father remained very close, good friends. And at a time, you know, when my mother was in need of, of certain things down the road, my father was a good friend and advisor. They are and, and vice versa. There are no relationships that are mistakes. That doesn't mean that we don't suffer the pain that comes behind the breakup of relationships. We do across the board. But just realize you weren't, ladies, gentlemen, you weren't a fool. You weren't a fool to fall for something. Uh, you weren't stupid. It happened for a reason. And maybe you don't see it now, but you will in time. And if you've seen it already, then... You know, you can share that with someone else that thinks they were just hurt or duped into relationships. There's no hurting. All it is is lessons. We move forward and we give feedback. All of your relationships, even the flings you had, they meant something because it taught you something about yourself. Some people who are in the streets and, you know, very promiscuous, they settle down and become the most loyal people on the planet. Because they learned the lesson that that was trying to teach them. All right. So we just have to trust in the process, trust in what we're doing here and move forward and, and become more enlightened. I know that was long winded, but we get there. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Um, within that process, though, you know, you say it's, none of this is a mistake. None of it. Um but is there like clear cut signs of this is the person for me? This is the one. 
uh, versus, yo, you need to get out right now. Like, you need to run. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, is there... Well, you know, you that's a great question. We run into some relationships and and the, the new buzzword is, you know, toxic situations. Mm-hmm. And we have to be careful. I don't want anybody to be in danger. I love you all. Don't want anybody to put their lives at risk. But understand, even toxic relationships come about as a way to purge us of something that's deep-seated, something maybe we need to bring out, bring to the surface so we can deal with it. If a person is verbally abusive toward us, you know, maybe we didn't call that person into our life to verbally abuse us, but maybe there's an issue that we have with ourselves, And that person yelling is echoing an internal voice that's really yelling at us to change who we are, to change what we believe so that we can live better. Mm-hmm. And it manifests in a physical form. So we should definitely pay attention to that. But again, you didn't make a mistake you know, no one fooled you into being in a relationship. These situations that we get into, all of our relationships, they serve us in some way. And that's a, a wonderful thing that happens. And relationships, people say, oh, I broke up with them. Relationships never end. There's always that carrying on of energy. And hopefully you get in a place where the relationships, whether you're actively in them or they are discontinued, that energy is positive. Like I said, my mother and father remain great friends until my father passed away. And and that's a blessing, you know? Got it, got it. Um, so we, we are kind of in a different era in age of relationships right now where some of the roles that were previously assumed are changing. Some women are like, well, I don't really want a manly man. I want balance. I want this. I want right. that. And, uh, you know, man is like, well, you know, they, they don't have to be too girly. And this and the third. Do you think that that um, what, what are your thoughts on that? Should should there still be specific gender roles assigned in relationships? But or should we be adapting to the times and being like, well, well, as long as they're balanced, you know, it doesn't have to be where a man is expected to do this. Women is expected to do that. You know, they can both kind of interchange roles. What's your, what's your thoughts on that? You know, isn't that funny? I. You know, Mr. G, I love your questions. I love it because it brings out, you know, something that is the truth. And this is the truth. I've never met a man who's not manly. I've never never met a woman who's not womanly. The manhood or womanhood that you set forth from yourself is all that you need to be. Yeah, manly doesn't mean knocking down brick walls. It doesn't mean the ability to put up a house. I can't build a house. It doesn't mean you have to wear short skirt, wear skirts or be motherly with an apron. Your definition of womanhood is the only definition that you need to be concerned with. And far as far as gender roles, you can choose whatever you like, but whatever expression of yourself you choose to give this world is a blessing to all of us. Be who you are with no excuses. Mm. All right. Along those lines, in your second book, you identify a certain type of male called turtle men. <laughs> right. And I would I would think most Shout people, out to all turtles. <laughs> Hold us down. I would think that most people um, might not want to be turtle men, but they just are there by default. So for, for listeners, turtle men are the ones that 
you know, women have control over. They, they, they speak too disrespectfully. They put their head down like, okay, babe, you got it. Like kind of thing. And you know, um, they don't have any authority in that relationship. And sometimes women are, oh, are look, careful. Looking. <laughs> <laughs> so some men, I feel like become like that because they feel like the woman sometimes is too argumentative or they don't want to mess up a good thing. And they're like, well, let me just be agreeable. Let me just do this and that and the third. So what, what are your thoughts on um, that whole turtle men concept? Um, how do you balance things out with, with that relationship without being too authoritative and without that woman feeling like she doesn't have power in the relationship? Well, it's funny because when I first wrote about men who are turtles and to be clear to everyone, you know, turtle men, those guys who really, they don't uh, speak up or, or talk back harshly or rudely to, you know, their women. They might have women who are very um, aggressive, who want to, you know, to want to rule and want their law to be the law of the home and who are sometimes, you know, disrespectful in terms of, you know, uh, you yelling at their man or, or something. and. I first wrote that with an idea of, hey, we have to acknowledge these men do exist. Men who are very passive, who are very, uh, 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 you know, laid back. But in, you know, doing research on it, you know, those men have authority and those men have power, but they don't use their power to assert themselves to try to bully other people or push back. They absorb what's given to them and they turn it around and try to make it something that's peaceful. And that's very powerful. As a man, you don't have to always stand up to your woman. You can't talk to me like that. She can speak any way she likes. You don't act like that with me and clown me. She can act any way she likes. But who frames that? You frame it in your mind. Those men are powerful because they don't have anything to prove. They want to provide their women with love and support. And that's very, very powerful. You don't have to be King Macho to be a very strong man. You have to be a person who takes responsibility for his actions. Mm -hmm. And those men, you know, in my estimation, they've grown and I've grown in understanding. I will tell you a turtle story. Turtle who won. There was a man who, and it's in the book, a man who really wanted to be with this woman and they were, you know, in high school together and his dream was to be with her. So she was dating the guy who was the jock, the all-American, you know, the glamorous guy. And together they made a beautiful couple, that other couple. But that turtle man, he didn't have the look sort of whatever, but he had a goal. He wanted to satisfy that person. So he'll be friends. He'll take whatever position she would give him. And he's put away money and put away resources towards being with that woman one day. And he never gave up hope. Well, things didn't work out with uh, the athlete and the woman found herself single again. And guess who was there? Mr. Turtle, Mr. Steady. And she discovered a love that was the greatest thing that she had ever found in her life in someone who she didn't expect to be there. And that's really the power of turtles. And they're turtle women too, you know, it's not the abuse. It's not the, how they look. It's how people frame our relationship. 
And if you have a person who is always very angry and always very hostile towards you or hostile towards themselves and they use you, you know, gauge it for yourself. Are you the person in there who's the calming factor for them? Are you the one that tries to reframe it and make it positive for them? If you are and, and that satisfies who you are, then God bless you. But again, every relationship serves to teach us something about ourselves. Mm. Shout out to turtles, turtle power. Got it. Got it. Got it. Um, all right. Another thing, man, I've been Dr. Love. I've been sitting, you know, at your college lectures, you know, I've yeah. been on your lives. I've been, you know, been around. And one of the things that you say that raises eyebrows and gets people okay. in their feelings you know, <laughs> is that there is no such thing as cheating. People, you know, what, what, what do you mean? What are you uh, talking oh, about? Like what? Oh, oh, time, time is running short, brother. I got to go. <laughs> so what, 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 what do you mean? There's no such thing as cheating, man. Like if somebody goes out of the relationship and we in, in a relationship, we committed, we've been together for years and years, that person cheated. They, they, you know, they disrespected our relationship. Isn't that cheating? Ooh, disrespect. <laughs> uh, I say there's no such thing as cheating in this light. Um, you know, when you're in a relationship with someone and hopefully you have established, and I always say, put it in writing, you've established what the boundaries of the relationship, you know, is going to be. Uh, if you don't want that person dealing with your friends or talking to your friends or, or sleeping with your girlfriend, you should have a contract that expressly states that these things are deal breakers in our relationship. Sleeping with other people, talking with other people, you know, in, in certain ways, you know, going outside the boundaries. But people don't set any boundaries. That being, you know, oh, well, he knew we were together or they he knew. No, it's what we have agreed on. And in cheating, it says that, oh, I went outside and did something or you went outside and did something you weren't supposed to do. But the fact is. I don't own you. If you choose to be in a relationship with me, whatever level we choose to carry it on, you are still your own person. You can do with your body, mind, and spirit, whatever you choose. You cannot cheat me out of anything because whatever you choose to share with me and whatever I choose to share with you constitutes the relationship. Now, if you go outside of that and you're with someone else, sexually or more, more importantly, mentally you're with that person or spiritually you connect with that person and you leave me out of that, then you didn't cheat on me. You went and you took your power and energy elsewhere. Now that leaves me with a decision to make. Do I still want to engage in this exchange of relationship or do I want to seek a relationship elsewhere? Either way, you didn't cheat me out of anything because you didn't take anything that was mine. Your sexuality is not mine. Your mind is not mine. Nothing that you have, your physical form, as wonderful as it is, is not mine. That you're not my woman, my girl, my wife, my man, my boyfriend. You're your own sentient being. You could do whatever you want. My deal breaker is don't lie to me. If you want to do something else, let me know. We could all do something else. Let me know. We can engage in something together. 
for those shout out to those people out there. <laughs> you know, we can engage in a non-traditional relationship where we don't have to be together only on Tuesdays and Thursdays. We, we don't know, but just don't lie to anybody. Don't tell them or lead them to believe that the relationship is one thing and it's something else. Don't do that because that is hurtful and dishonest, but it still ain't cheating because you didn't take anything away from me because you don't have anything that's mine. I don't give my heart in relationships. I share my energy and my love and my time. And you can have that anyway. And if we're not together in a traditional relationship, I'll still care about you. I'll still send you good vibes and feelings. Let's grow up in our understanding of relationships and stop this little kid. Oh, he talked to my girlfriend. He talked to my boyfriend. He talked to my husband. We got to grow up, folks, because the way it's going on now is not working. Hmm. So, Dr. Love, are you saying like I shouldn't feel a certain way like that pain, that resentment, that anger, that frustration? Like they well, really did that to me. Like I shouldn't feel like that. Are you saying well, look that? at the terminology. They did it to you. If I really love you, truly love you, which is understanding, I want you to be happy. And wherever you seek that happiness, my goal is the same. I want you to be happy and fulfilled and cared for. And if that doesn't it. It's beyond my ability to provide that for you and you seek it elsewhere. I wish you all the best because the only thing that causes you that pain is believing that they're taking something that belonged to you. And they didn't. They're their own person. She's not your woman. You didn't build her. You didn't design her. You didn't program her. She belongs to whatever spiritual being she came from, her parents that she came out of. She belongs to a family. She's not yours, brother. So why are you feeling bad about losing something that you did not own? Hmm. We need to share in relationships, not own. You're not mine. Got Too it. much responsibility. I am mine. And I don't even take responsibility for my own actions, let alone someone else's. Hmm. Man, I feel like that's easier said than done, but I, I definitely. Oh, most definitely. I, <laughs> hey, don't get me wrong. We're growing. We're all growing. I understand where you're coming from. Um, before we get into audience questions, um, I wanted to let you get a chance to kind of speak your piece, Dr. Love. Um, I know you, you've talked to thousands of couples and, you know, people that are single in relationships, trauma, pain, all of, all of it. And I know you're working on uh, your new book right now, too. So um, most definitely. Open up the space to whatever your thoughts are based on all these conversations that you've had and um, some of the new work you're working on right now. Oh, I'll go right into the new work. You know, you know what we're looking at now in the new relationship Institute is the power of the mind, the power of our own being. We experience the world physically, but most of how we communicate with the world and to each other occurs through our words, through our vibrations, through our mindset. You know, we talked about, you know, the seven relationship pillars and the people who have programmed us and in sharing the love that we have for each other, the love we say we have, there's often miscommunication. And that's what we're going to be focusing on in the days to come. You know, a lot of people out here and, and please tune in now. Listen very carefully to what I'm saying. You've been hurt in relationships. It's taken a toll on you, physically, mentally, spiritually. Some days you wake up and you feel like crying. You feel like 
nothing is going right for you. You feel like jobs are not going right for you. Nothing is right. That no one really cares. Understand we're all connected in this and you do have someone that cares. I want everyone right now to close their eyes and see in your mind the person you were at 18, 19. Feel that in your body, the strength in your muscles. You're young and you're vibrant. You feel good. You have never been hurt in a relationship. No one has ever disappointed you. Feel that blood flow through you. You've never been disappointed. You've never been hurt. Life is still the fairy tale in your mind that you always built it to be. Love flows through you. You're loved by your family. You're loved by your friends. You're in complete and total security and warmth. You just feel a warmth in your chest and feel it as it slowly expands through your entire body. You can feel it, the power, the warmth, the love. You are here and you've never been hurt in your life. Now open your eyes and come back to me. You've never been hurt. You can love freely now from here until the end of time. You can love freely. Everything that ever was is gone. You're in the now. Feel that? I know you feel it. That's what we're going to be working on. Love in and pushing it out. Mm. Powerful, 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 man. Um, I'm excited about this new book, man. Oh, yeah. We're uh, going to go. Yes. Yeah, I wanted to open it up uh, for the audience. Um, and, uh, I have, I still got a ton of questions, but I'm going to let everybody ask their questions. Um, so if you have a question for Dr. Love, you can raise your hand um, or you can type in your question on the comment section and I will read your question out. So we got uh, Gary. Gary got a question. All right. Hey, well, um, thank you. Thank you again for this uh, wonderful presentation. So um, I have a two-parter. One, where can I find your where can I find your books? And then second, um, when you say that no relationship is a mistake, no instance is a mistake, and I thought back to my being 19 and 2021-22, and some of the things that I've done um, as it relates to uh, relationships with you know multi a multitude of women, and it prepared me for a couple things. One, it prepared me to be a husband. Yes. And it definitely prepared me to be a father of a daughter. Um, so, yes, yeah, so God, God bless you. I have to say that that has helped. And, and thank you for uh, putting that in um, in that perspective for me. I appreciate it. Thank you, brother. And my work is available on Amazon. You can find Amazon.com under books. Uh, Hardcore Love, uh, Getting the Life, Love and Relationship You Want. Also, Side Chick Secrets, Seven Side Chick Secrets, all uh, women need to know, especially wives, can be found on Amazon, different book outlets. And I love to hear you say that. It is a blessing. You know, there are no mistakes. We take action, their causes, and their effects. And, you know, we learn from everything that we go through, and hopefully it makes us better people like you, brother. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. All right, we got uh, Imoitinia had her hand up. 
Good evening, everyone. Um, Dr. Love, it's it's so nice to uh, see you again and to be a part of your your talk. Now, I don't know if you heard of this Mary Mary. Uh, so, you know how there are all these terminologies to the relationship goals and all that that drives me insane. But there's something called um, marry up or married up. I don't know if you've heard of that. Oh yeah, I, I've ha- I have heard of that. I have What's heard- your take on that? Uh, I was going to say, for those who don't know what it is, um, what I, what I, what, what I, so a friend of mine sent me a video uh, where, where this guy was saying that uh, white women are told from very young age, right. How to pick out a man, like how to find somebody who's financially sound and, you know, who's going to be able to take care of them and why black women are told otherwise. Right. And so, and that's pretty much what married someone who is married up, means right you marry someone who's financially stable um and yeah so that's pretty much what that is but i'm curious to know what your thoughts are on on that particular statement oh okay great well you know i have no problems you know i address it in hardcore love i don't think anyone should be called and and side chick secrets i don't think anyone should be labeled a gold digger or anything for wanting to marry someone of means or wanting to be with a partner who is on the same uh uh, financial level or educational level. I don't think that, you know, seeking someone who's like you, which is what like means alike, you know, is, is anything wrong. However, I'll say this in terms of marrying up, you marry up when you are a person who understands yourself better, who has gone into your past and looked at your own traumas and done your best to uh, address them so that you could be the best person for yourself. And then what you share with your spouse and like brother Gary said, with your children is mm-hmm. something that's significant. So in seeking someone out, um, having someone financially stable is wonderful, but having mm-hmm. someone who's supportive, who's emotionally stable, who's a person who cares and shares and values themselves and sets boundaries for themselves and embraces you and your boundaries. That's the real marrying up because exactly. You killed it. Yes. The important thing is the quality of the person and then the finances you're working together. You could build whatever you'd like. Exactly. Thank you so much for that. Um, And that was my point because it was a massive debate and I remember saying, if 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 white women are told, and and not to, I mean, I'm a Nigerian woman, a Nigerian woman, and we're told that too. I think every Nigerian woman who gets married, it's usually for the the man is usually set and well off, right? But again, right. when I listen to these women, they're miserable because they're either not. things would be like he's not matured enough, he's not this, he's not that. But when you really focus on the quality and the character of a person, then you both can gel well and create a healthy relationship. So those, right. these terminologies, that's, right. just, that's why I'm saying the terminologies drives me crazy. It's like goals, relationship goals and all that. It's not about that. It's much more deeper than that, yeah. right? Yes. Okay. Thank you Most so definitely. much, Dr. Love. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> all right. Good. Great question. Great question. Um, anybody else have a question in the audience? You could uh, type it in. Or you could raise your hand. Or if you have anything to add, I know. Uh, people mentioned some people are in relationships 42 years, uh, 25 years, and some of y'all got some gems, so you could add that as well. 
All right. As we wait for um, questions, Dr. Love, I have a question for you. Um, okay. You know, a lot of times, like, you know, we get into drama issues in our relationship. Um, and sometimes we want another perspective. We want somebody to, to kind of, am I wrong? Am I right? Like, what's going on? Like, you know, do you feel my point of view with this? How should I handle this? Should I leave? Should I stay? That kind of thing. Um, do you think that um, that is okay in relationships? Because I feel like some people are like, well, you should never talk on the outside about your relationship. What happens in the house stays in the house. You know what I'm saying? And then other mm. people are like, yo, you should, mm. you got to express that and let that out. So do you think we should be expressing that? And then who do we express that to? Who are the people that we can trust that with? Well, I say my mama, but, and then, <laughs> <laughs> no, well, that's an excellent question. You know, in terms of that, it, it it's never, you know, it, it it's not wrong to want to express yourself and to want to share what, you know, things that, that frustrate you. Uh, but be careful. You know, we often, we share in circles that are not dedicated to our upliftment and to the family's upliftment. Now, if you're married to someone and they're frustrating you, you can, you know, it'd be a good idea to share with a person who cares about your family unit, who cares about you and your spouse, who wants to see your family rise. We don't want to share with someone who seeks to take advantage of the situation or is opportunistic, but share in a, in, you know, some people share with their churches, some people share with clergy, some people share with their spiritual advisors, some people share it in their therapy sessions, some people share with homeboys. And I know, you know, we go to the homeboy front and, and we want them to weigh in on our relationships. Just make sure it's homeboys who have a vested interest in supporting you and helping you, you know, be the best you can be and keep your relationships together. You know, I know I have homeboys that they'll tell you when you're wrong. You know, if you tell them, oh, my woman's tripping and she's wants this and that, they'll tell you, hey, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with what she wants? Make sure you have advocates who support you and your family and not just you, you know? Make sure you have people who are around you trying to speak life into you and life into your relationships. Now, is it okay to get multiple perspectives? Do I want to get like a few different people or should I just confide in that one person that I know that's going to, you know what I mean? That's really looking oh, out. Well, that's up to you. Just again, make sure there are people who have a vested interest in you doing well in keeping your family together. You know, that's why the community that we build around our relationships is so important. You know, I was blessed to grow up in a community. You know, I can still tell you everyone on our block and we had families that supported each other and we knew each other and we would watch each other's children. And, you know, we knew if Mr. Turner was outside, we were safe. You know, we had that sense of community. So we need to work on bringing that back as well. Mm. Then you have a place you can confide, you know. Got it, got it. Anytime. All right, any other uh, questions for Dr. Love? Yeah, God bless. Uh, this is uh, the one who had 42 years of marriage. All right, congratulations. Oh, God bless you. Uh, my wife and I, we've been uh, high school sweethearts. Wow. I have not been the perfect man to her. And I found uh, it did cause pain in our relationship. But I've learned one thing is that we got to know each other love languages. Yes. And once we discover each other love languages, then we can help heal through the process. And in order to uh, 
stay in a relationship this long is to know that you have each other's back and you can cover each other when trouble arises. And that's one thing uh, we had learned because we were young and in love, but through the help and God's help in restoring. And uh, like my wife always tell me, it's okay to love again, even through your pain. And the pain, you know, thank you so much for your information that you've given tonight, as well as Brother Jermaine. Thank you so much. But I tell you one thing, one thing I do know, if you're searching for someone that's compatible, it's not going to happen because we are all unique within ourselves. We work together in order when you work together with each other, then you find common interests in one another. So I'm grateful again. You know, I have to leave. But thank you so much for the information that you gave tonight, brother. Thank you, and I thank you so much for inviting me. But I know one thing that held us together was my spirituality. Right. And if it wasn't for my spirituality and her spirituality, because she was able to pray me through. And once she prayed me, prayed me through, then I was able also to help her to get over her pain in the course healing. So I'm grateful again. And thank you for so much for having me tonight. May you, everyone you, be blessed tonight. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that, Mr. Reed. I think we definitely need those type of stories, man. Because, oh, definitely. You know, a lot, of, a lot of us, I feel like nowadays, Dr. Love, we don't work through our relationship issues anymore, man. It's just like, yo, I got somebody else. I'm out. I ain't got to deal with this. Like, get out of here. Like, you did this. Da, da, da. Like, <laughs> find somebody else. So I, oh. I think that... That is a um, something powerful. And I was talking with a friend a couple of weeks ago and they were like, yo, one of the things that's going on in the black community is that we're not married. We're not in committed relationships as much anymore. And everybody got options. So nobody feels the need to stay. But when you look at the numbers in regards to financial stability and family stability, the ones that are married and that are in these committed relationships, they are the ones that have those things. You know what I'm saying? So I think that that's super important. Right. If I could just tag on to that and what the brother said, you know, you have to be careful with these, you know, the idea of disposable relationships, because the goal of any relationship, as we talked about, is really to get to know self. So you can't hide from yourself. You can get rid of the person that you're dealing with at that point and choose to get into another relationships. But often the relationships have the same issues. Because you're the one bringing the issues. It's not the other person, oh, she's just like. It's you still having addressed what you have to address for you to grow to the next level, for you to be past, you know, we call them some traumas or demons. We have to really deal with those so that they don't creep into old and new relationships. Mm, facts. All right. Do we have anybody else with a question? You could type it in or you could speak. Hey, how you doing? Can uh, everybody hear me? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. I just want to thank uh, Mr. G for, you know, bringing this platform to us and, and thank uh, Dr. Love, D.W. Leonard. I mean, this is, this is a great platform, a lot of great information, you know, and um, I just want to, you know, just put a comment out there, you know, like you usually can't see, you know, the picture when you're in the frame, that's an old saying. So a lot of times when people, you know, they're trying to find and, uh, you know, you're looking at different things, you yourself from the inside, you usually can't see 
you know, what's going on because you are, you know, in that frame. So you can't see the whole picture. But me growing up, uh, my little story was that I had men in my family who were stayers, right? So I, I think it's very important to just, uh, you know, get this point across because uh, my father, you know, nothing perfect, but was a great man. My grandfather wasn't perfect, but a great man. They they stayed. My uncles, they stayed. So when I look at, okay, is it tough? Relationships are tough, but sometimes it is the family unit that you're used to and what you have perceived as what is going to be the journey. How is this journey going to take place for me? And you say, if, if my father did it with not being perfect, if my grandfather did it, if my uncles did it, then why can't I do it? So for me, you know, it was the thing because I've been married for 25 years now. Oh, and, God bless. And, yeah. And, and it's not a, it's definitely, it's a daily journey. Let me tell everybody that's on here. It's, I mean, it's day by day, but I do have that to fall back on, which a lot of people don't have that. And I realize that, you know, if you have, you know, uncles, fathers, grandfathers, and, and everybody that you know that was a man in your life, got divorced or they left their, their wives or whatever. That's hard. It's hard. So me having that unit and that, you know, family culture of men staying, that was key for me. The other thing is just um, most of us don't really know in relationships you pick because of being attractive to somebody, you're attractive to your wife. Um, everything she does is the right thing or everything he does is the right thing when you're young because you're young. What happens is you get older, things change because you didn't know who you was. When you said go back to 18, 19, you was never in a relationship. Things change. Everybody's going to change. You get to your 20s. 20s is different. 30s is different. 40s is different. I'm 60. So think about the change that I went through and expecting my wife to be the same one that got I got married to. That ain't happening. She changed. So we're, we're all evolving. It's, it's, a, it's a process. And sometimes you don't like to change. She might not like the way you're changing. And I'm saying to myself, I'm a different person than I was when I was 20 years old. So now we have to evolve together. You know, and and a lot of things may be, Dr. Love, on your perspective of this, the past, when you say, you know, um, think about when you was 18, when you was, but it it's sometimes you say the relationship, you might not have had any hurt then, but a lot of us have been hurt way before 18, way before we got into a relationship with the opposite sex. We might have been hurt when we was 10 eight, nine, you know, way back. And then that has never been healed. That's right. You know, it, it, it's, it's the thing where, as you say, wait, don't, before you got to this relationship, before you got married, this is way back. And sometimes it's not addressed. And mm. most, most of the time it can be, you know, not be addressed with women who, you know, had bad things happen to them could be, you know, incest or whatever, or things that happen to women, you know, sexually abuse, but with men, it could be just things whereas you were um, you were abused, uh, say, verbally or, you know, you you could have been like, you know, 
not the favorite on a team, you know, because, you know, this whole team, everybody's, you know, kind of, you know, you wasn't accepted. Just a lot of things that you bring to, but you don't expose that to your spouse or whatever. And then it comes up later. So these are things that I, I just think what, what you were saying is, you know, you have to know yourself and you have to, you know, sometimes it takes therapy. It takes finding out, you know, sure. actually who you are, who she was, the, the background. And, and this thing of a lot of times when you have uh, cultures that they prearrange marriages and you say, well, do they know something that we don't know? This is going back in time. Like, oh, you're going to marry in your, you know, Italians. Indians, they still do that. We're, you know, they're, they may be moving out a little bit, but, you know, not like black race, not like, you know, European races. They still have the culture of saying you're going to marry in your race. And I'm just wondering if that is the thing that they know something that we don't know because of the culture and the unit. And like you said, the compatibility, whether it be spiritual, um, the culture, you know, uh, the religion, you know, cause even think about it now, right. I'm the man that goes to church. I have to get my wife on the same page with religion. She wants to go and, and stretch out and find other religion, other ways to, you know, worship and whatnot. And I'm the one that's grounded with it. And that's usually reverse. But anyway, let me let you go because uh, I'm going to talk. I got a lot of different things I'm saying. But anyway. Um, That's a blessing, brother. Thank you for sharing. Thank yeah, you. yeah. But thank you. Thank you for this conversation, man. It just it opens yeah. my mind up to a lot of thoughts. Yeah, definitely. That's great information right there, man. Uh, appreciate that, Mr. Bell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I could just piggyback on what the brother said. Thank you for sharing, brother. Thank you. Thank you. You know, we talk about in the book, Hardcore Love, about power couples and being equally yoked. And I think we have to remember that, you know, when we find out information or as we grow, if we're already with a spouse, make sure the information that we take in, what we're reading, what we're seeing, where we're thinking, we share that with our spouse so that they can grow along with us or they could sift through information because many times I've seen, you know, brothers go on these quests for knowledge and they gain all this knowledge and then they try to speak to their spouse about it. And then she doesn't know what they know. So then it becomes a you know thing where there's discord because she's like, Oh, what are you into? I don't know. But if we share getting into things together, whatever you pick up, share with your spouse, maybe she'll like it or he'll like it. Maybe they won't. But share so we could be on the same wavelength and mindset and choose together. Don't grow and leave your spouse behind. Don't encounter new knowledge and don't share and then expect that knowledge to be there organically. It's not how it works. Equally yoked means we're pulling together in the same direction for the benefit of each other, for ourselves as individuals and the family. Great, great information. Yes. Great advice. Thank you. Yeah, what Dr. Bell was saying, um, Mr. Bell, what Mr. Bell was saying uh, made me think about uh, my experience, man. Um, I know he mentioned he had people in his life that had, you know, great relationships to look on to, to be that stare. For me, when I was young, I was like, yo, I'm never getting married. I'm never getting in a serious relationship because 
around me, there was just toxicity. And I was like, yo, I don't want this, man. Like, you know what I'm saying? So for those that, that do experience that um, within the family, outside the family, and there's toxicity in the relationships, how do they kind of formulate a positive viewpoint on relationships and not um, kind of become that toxic person as well? Yeah, it's an interesting question. I mean, you know, we spoke about we've spoken about therapy. Some people choose to go to therapy. Some people choose to engage in therapy or shadow work on their own, going investigating their own traumas and the root causes and triggers of things, you know, that cause a, a pathology in the way that they, you know, get along with others. I know many black couples who I've spoken to have a, a serious uh, trigger around money and how money is handled in the household and who's responsible and who's not or how we use credit cards or how we save, you know? So there's a lot of work that has to be done by us as individuals in addressing our own traumas so that, you know, we don't carry it forward into the next uh, generation, you know, as the Bible alluded to the sins of the father being passed on the sins of the mother, mm. you know, Got it. Got it. Thank you for that. Dr. Love. Uh, anybody else on with a question or wants to give us some gems? All right. While we uh, wait. I'm sorry. I was trying to get off mute. Can you hear me? Yeah. 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 I can hear. Hey, I'm sorry. Hi, hi. I'm Octavia. Um, <clears throat> I'm single, so I, I'm not sure how many people because I've and congratulations to all the couples uh, on the broadcast. I've been single for some time, but I. And so a lot of times my opinion <laughs> doesn't get a lot of weight because people are like, what do you know if you don't have a relationship? But um, from the cultural perspective that the gentleman was talking about earlier and that you've alluded to, I think one of the things that will also help us, um, I'm speaking for us as Black people who are uh, growing and developing in our relationships is, you know, we we at one point like this, this it's a newer age, this ideal of like being an individual and I got my own, I don't need anybody for anything, blah, blah, blah. I think those are very new ideals that have kind of been introduced from a conditioning mechanism towards us because we have always been a people. Um, me, I'm African-American. Uh, I know growing up, I grew up in the rural South. Um, we've always been a people who have, who have understood that our relationships are also, it's like you have a commitment to yourself to be good to yourself. But like the gentleman was talking earlier about culture, we have always been a people who understood that our relationship is almost like a part of, you know, it's a, it's a, it's an extension of our culture too. So you have almost like a responsibility, you know what I'm saying? To like have a family to contribute, you know what I'm saying? Like not just for you, but towards the, the progress of your community. Right. And so I think one of the things that will help us and I'm, that I'm hoping for and somebody that I meet as well is an understanding that we do have an obligation. Um, other cultures, other ethnic groups, they do see that like, you know, your relationship, you have a responsibility to do certain things and to represent and, and to uphold certain ideals. You know what I'm saying? That the culture kind of represents. And so, um, you know, that this, this whole notion now of this individualism and um, you know, women, we do, I, I understand we do have, we're, we're working now, we're making our own money and doing our own things. Um, but, you know, just, just keeping in line with like some of the traditions that we know that have, that did sustain like um, my parents, my uncles and aunts and, and my grandparents and other um, 
other people in relationships, just if, if when you are in a relationship, looking at it from the perspective of it's not just about you, but your relationship is a representation and it's also a contributing factor or you want it to be to the future of your culture and to your community. Right. right. Amen. True. Very true. True indeed. Well said. Well said. Um, Dr. Love, um, I know you are an educator. I'm an educator yes, myself. And I think that, you know, as adults, you know, we have that responsibility, um, similar to what Octavia was saying, to um, to pass on that information, that knowledge, that understanding to the youth. And, you know, I think we understand how serious relationships are and how you got to be ready in self-development and things of that sort. But right. sometimes, you know, when I'm kicking it to the kids and stuff like that, they just hear mumbo jumbo, man. Like, you know, you should develop yourself and da 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 Like, they just, you know, and they're like, well, I'm grown. I'm in a relationship, whatever, like, kind of thing. <laughs> and you've heard it. I've heard it. You know what I'm saying? So what, what advice do you have for those kids that are um, in those relationships and they're kind of feeling out, you know, the, the game and thinking that they're grown enough to, to handle these things? Um, what wisdom do you have for them? And then for the parents too, that, that are struggling to kind of educate or communicate with their kids. You know, I also ask kids like, you know, whatever your parents told you about relationships. And a lot of times it's like, well, don't, don't get pregnant. Don't get anybody pregnant and don't do this and don't do that. Um, So what are those conversations we need to have as parents, as adults? And then for the ones that are like, yo, I'm not going to listen. I'm just going to do me anyway. I'm grown. What, um, what advice do you have for those kids? Well, the, the advice I give to, to students and to young people, to um, college students as well, is just to take it slow. You know, take it slowly. Understand that, you know, you're learning and growing at the same time. And don't let anyone push you into anything uh, that you're not ready for. Anything mentally, anything physically. Just take it slow. You know, the best relationships start out as friendships. So be a friend to the person in the true sense of the word. Be there for them. Listen to them. Exchange ideas. Be supportive. But take it slow in terms of, because many children see the romance, the physical contact on TV and believe that's what a relationship is. When it's really only one aspect of it. And it's not the, you know, the largest part of it. The largest part is the connection, you know, and the understanding and the getting to know yourself. And with feedback from someone else, I would take it. I, I would take issue with the term single. Are any of us really single? Because we all come from groups, family members and pillars, grandparents and, and parents and aunts and uncles and play aunts and play uncles and cousins and friends. We're all joined and connected. And we all have that responsibility to share what we've learned and what we're learning. So, and I would also advise, you know, parents, listen to your children. If you listen to them, they will tell you everything. Listen. And the the children we speak to and they're like, oh, I'm grown. And, you know, my grandfather, an old country gentleman taught me that we plant seeds and some seeds grow out really quickly. And for some, it goes down deep and it takes time. So don't discount what we say to children because it appears they're not listening at that moment. Sometimes we plant seeds and down the line, it you know will develop. They'll, they'll catch what you really said. It'll mean something to them. 
Powerful. Gems, appreciate that, Dr. Love. Um, before we wrap up, do we have anybody else that has <clears throat> questions or any gems they want to drop? Real quick, also, I guess I just wanted to also put this out there. This may be an unpopular opinion, but I think how we see one another also needs to, like, I I don't want to say improve, but, you know, in today's society, we see each other through a lot of, like, discounting lenses, women in, in our culture, like, as far as our music and everything, how we, the terms we use that, you know what I'm saying, towards one another, are going to directly impact how you respect and see one another, right? Like if 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 I see all the men in my culture as N words and I see all the women in my culture as B words, I'm not going to what you say has power. I'm you may not respect a person as much if you see them through those types of lenses, right? Like we talked earlier about culture. Other cultures don't let us use discounting terms and derogatory terms. You know what I'm saying? Like you get checked very quickly, right? And that's been the case, historically speaking, you know, God, the things that history have taught us about what would happen with other cultures, we already know what the deal is, right? So I think one of the things that we also need to do as a people to build those better relationships and so that we don't see one another as I can just go out and get another one. If I can just throw this person away and just go get another one, right? Is if we saw one another and we speak to one another with different terminology um, and get back to who we were, you know what I'm saying? Previously, it would help us also how I how I speak to you is how I see you. And so, you know, those things matter a great deal. Definitely. Definitely. Sage wisdom. Thank you for that, Octavia. Thank you. Definitely. Um, all right. As we wrap up, anybody else? Okay. Uh, Dr. Love, if you could, um, you know, give us some, uh, some wisdom before we, we leave off today. Anything that's on your mind? current state of almost definitely i would just like to say you know the new relationship institute we're working uh diligently for towards uh february 14th if you have time check in make sure you follow dr period underscore love to get more information and you know we're doing big things this month and we want to keep this love movement going where we're really having the conversations about who we love who we are how we love but if you have time and pen and paper next to you, I want you to write down these four questions or four statements and you complete them. And then we'll check in later and, and see what we are able to share. These four statements, you complete these statements. Number one is I am. And you complete it. That's the first one. I am. The second one is people are, and you fill that in, people are. The third one is the world is, and you complete it. The world is. And the last one is love is, and you complete it. Love is. Part of our coming together is first acknowledging self and our own value, like the sister said, and our own spirituality. So make sure the views 
and the energy coming from you is that of self-love now and always. Thank you for allowing me to be here with you. It's always a pleasure. God bless all the brothers and sisters. Uh, may you have wonderful, loving relationships. Thank you for that, Dr. Love. Every year, right before Valentine's Day, Dr. Love is here um, talking about relationships. So we'll be back on uh, next year as well. And um, Dr. Love, one more time, can you tell people how to tap into what you are doing on February right. 14th and yes. also how to get a copy of your books? Yes, you can follow me on Instagram, Dr. Dr. Period underscore love, Dr. Love. You can find me on, on the internet, under D.W. Leonard, and you can buy all my books, Amazon.com. Look for Hardcore Love, Getting the Life, Love, and Relationship that You Want, and also Seven Side Chick, seven side chick Secrets, All Women Should Know, Especially Wives. It is. There it is. Um, Got to get me some more copies myself, distribute to to folks you know um so i appreciate you coming on dr love um always a pleasure having you on as massimize official love activist and uh, we'll see definitely more of dr love throughout the time here on mastermind uh next two weeks we're going to be uh doing our black history month program so uh, we're going to be have dr william darity william a darity if you don't know him look him up um he has a book called from here to equality where he tackles um, reparations and he does a really extensive job kind of, you know, putting things together with that. So he's going to be here with us. Um, and that is two Saturdays from now. That's Saturday, uh, February 25th, 6 p.m. We will be back. Um, so join us. Let your peoples know. And of course, guys, thank you for coming through. Thank you for spending some time with us. Uh, we're going to drop the program on the 14th. So share it uh, with people that, you know, that need it. I think we all need it. So um, share it with loved ones and let them know who Dr. Love is and the work that he's doing. Because I think if we can sustain, enhance our relationships, then it solves a lot of issues that we have within the black community. So I think that's the number one thing that we should be tuned into. Like, how do we get better relationships? How do we develop that self-love and that sense of self? So um, let's share the work that Dr. Love is doing, revolutionary work. Like Dr. Francis Cress Wellsing said, black love is a revolutionary act. And it's not just love that you give to other people, but that self-love because we are taught to hate ourselves. And then like the, uh, Octavia was saying, within that hate of self to hate one another. So right. having that black love is revolutionary. So that's where we need to start. And Dr. Love is doing the work. So support Dr. Love. Get the books. Tune in February 14th. Um, and again, appreciate you coming on, Dr. Love. And appreciate everybody for being here. I will see you again in two weeks. And remember, your mind is the most powerful tool in the universe. Therefore, if you can think it, you can do it. If you believe in it, you can be it. And if you fight for it, you can have it. The world is yours. This has been your host, Mr. G. And I will see you next time on Mastermind. So every day I'm going hard. I'm talking business, bank accounts, and credit cards. And somehow we defeat the odds and making sure that no one starves illegal or you had a job. And where they doubt him. The best out of me. And women wanna holler, and fellas wanna shout at me. Voices in my head, I swear they getting kinda loud of me. And how I turn this thing into gold, see this is alchemy. They never know, never.